it is easy to be a good preacher. Mm. It is easy to be a good exegete. It is easy to be, you don't necessarily have to depend on God to be talented because wow. that's a common grace. Yeah, that's right? good. good. What is up everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Now, like, let's just get to it. The whole secular sacred divide. There is no distinction in, in the scriptures. Some of us have trust issues with God, and right, some right. of us, yeah, it's like, does God really got us? You can't engage the culture with the gospel that first has not engaged you. Like, you know how people are like, oh, that's just who I am. No. Shaping the code. What is up, everyone? We are back with another episode of Shaping the Culture. Hope all is well with you all. Uh, family, I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, she's a wife, a mother, a poet, an MC, uh, teacher, preacher, author. She does it all. And I'm incredibly honored to have her come back on the podcast. We got none other than Jackie Hill Perry with us. What's good, Jackie? How you doing? It's good <laughs> to be here. It's good to have you. So I actually want to say thank you. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, we had you on the podcast six years ago is when your book, Gay Girl, Good God, came on or it came okay. out. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went back to listen to it and... Boy, I was stumbling over my words. I had a whole bunch of run-on sentences. I was shy. I was afraid. I don't know. But you you handled that so well. You uh, understood what I was trying to say, and you gave us profound insights. And so thank you for your patience and well, willingness to come on the podcast. God. The Lord was obviously with all of us. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, well, I wanted to ask you just right out the gate, um, you know, as I read your books, as I, you know, watch your podcast, um, you know, listen to your sermons, um, there's something that stands out to me. On one end, you could tell you've done your homework, you've studied. On another, on the other hand, I, I could tell that you're excellent at what you do. You care about the art of whatever it is that you're, you're so if mm -hmm. you're writing or teaching, you care about that art form. But on top of all of that, I have sensed that there's just this sensitivity to the spirit of God um, mm -hmm. that I could tell the insights that you bring to the table. Um, they're, they're, it's not just found by reading a commentary or reading Spurgeon or whoever, um, but you could tell you sat with God. And I mm -hmm. wanted to ask you, is that, am I sensing something there? Is that right? And if so, what is it? And do you feel like it's not something we see today in the American church? It's oh, a big question. Um, <laughs> I was actually thinking about something like this last week because I'm working on a message uh, from Second Timothy 4 about itching ears. And I was thinking about how a part of my message preparation is just thinking, not just studying, but thinking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So as I'm driving, 
listening, I'm thinking, I'm turning it over. What I saw in the commentaries, what I saw in the text, what I've seen even on, in the landscape of scripture. And I, I wanted to encourage teachers. I didn't make a post about it. But I was like, how much prep, how much meditation do you add to your prep? You know, like me saying, God, this doesn't make sense to me or how Paul in Second Timothy, how there's this common theme of suffering. Mm -hmm. And so I'm talking to the Lord. I'm saying, Lord, how does suffering relate to Paul exhorting Timothy to endure suffering in light of these false teachers? Right. And I'm like, ah, I was like, is the false teacher a false teacher also because they don't want to suffer? And so it's easy to preach a particular truth because you'll have prosperity. And, I, and so it's me. So I think if anything, if you're discerning yeah. anything, it's me having conversations with God while I'm teaching, while I'm studying, while I'm praying, while I'm exhorting. I'm, yeah. there, I'm like listening to what the spirit might be saying, what he might have me to do, even before I do a, an event. Mm. I pray and ask God, is there a specific thing that you have for this place? Mm. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. every location has its own principality. That's right. Has its yeah. own cultural influences. Yes. And so I'm going to preach the same word, but apply it in a different way. And mm. it takes the spirit to teach you how to do that. So, yeah, I think you're discerning correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, it, yeah. As you're speaking, I'm thinking about Second Timothy, Paul's last mm-hmm. letter written, his last letter to Timothy. And, uh, you know, Timothy is, is afraid of what's to come. He's getting persecuted. He's getting yeah. lied on because of these false teachers coming in and saying he's preaching too yeah. simple of a message. Yeah. And uh, I love Paul's advice. He says, uh, join me in my suffering. <laughs> that was it. Yes. He doesn't say it's yes. going to get better. Hold on. He's like, hey, join with me um, yeah. in the suffering. And then he gives that illustration, be like a farmer, an athlete. Mm. Uh, a soldier, and then he goes on to say what you just talked about, meditate on these things so that yeah. you would get insights. And, and so I really yeah. do believe that revelation comes from sitting with the word, being in the presence of God, and really hearing what he has to say. Um, yes. I, yes. I love that. I, you know, I got a chance to see you at the Art of Teaching conference back in April or <laughs> October. Yeah. And uh, that, that was a good time. I yeah, you, uh, you, you're gifted, Jackie. I don't know if you know this, but uh, <laughs> you can teach. Uh, you have made it into my top five of all time. And uh, I just love every time I hear you speak and teach. Um, but the first session at that conference, Pastor John Tyson gave a very convicting message about, um, you know, consecration and power. And, and he shared how in the American church, we have so much content, but so little power um, mm. that you can, with your gifting and with your time of study, um, inspire people, motivate people. But true transformation only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so mm. I wanted to ask you, as you're planning and prepping, as you're writing, as you're discerning, as you're meditating, sitting with the Lord, um, what, what does it look like to invite the Holy Spirit to help you give a word that will lead people to repentance, to obedience, and not just uh, uh, entertainment. Yeah. I think the power is in the humility. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because when you open up a text and you begin to study it, pride would have you to believe that all you need in this moment is your brain. Mm. 
and you need so much more. You need him. Yeah. Like this book is spiritually inspired and spiritually discerned. Yeah. And so I need his power to understand his book. Yeah. Um, and so I think that humility kind of cleanses us mm. where we can be a vessel for good use, which Paul also talks about, yeah. you know, like how in a house you have different vessels. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think that because they are used by God, that their integrity or their lifestyle or their holiness doesn't hinder their usefulness. It mm. absolutely hinders your usefulness. Wow. So I think a clean vessel yeah is a vessel that is able to be used even more than they ever imagined. Yeah. You know, like the, the closer I've gotten to God, the more power I've experienced, mm. the more effective my teaching, the more mm. courageous my message. Right. Yeah, and good. so I think that's what it is, man, is yeah. humble yourself. Yeah. And you'll see God do some amazing things through your body. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, I want to yeah. lean into that a little bit, you know, as a teacher, preacher, communicator myself, you know, as I'm thinking about how I want to grow and, and get better, um, oftentimes I hear technique and style. I hear yeah. about different, you know, things that I could do to, you know, get my intro better and, you know, land the plane. <laughs> and yes. uh, very, <laughs> very rarely, I, I think that would be great if I was giving a TED talk or a speech or what have you. Mm. Um, I mean, clearly you want to implement that in your sermons as well. But um, I don't hear too much conversation about character. Um, mm. even, even when I think you sure about, don't. no, <laughs> that's you right. Sure don't. Yeah. And, and I think about, um, you know, when I look at the qualifications for a leader in the church, you know, 99% of it deals with character, you know, and then you got the, mm. the I think, I don't know if you want to qualify hospitality as a gift or a character. I don't know. There's conversation there, but, uh, and then you have the the gift of teaching, but every other qualification I see deals with character. Yep. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think I've seen too much nowadays in the church where the emphasis is on, you know, gifting and, you know, you know, being the best you can be and articulation and all of that. And I think we've moved away from humility. We've moved away from yeah. character. Uh, we've moved yep. away from consecration. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think we believe today that as long as you're gifted and, and, and you've got a great intro and, and you know how to land a plane, uh, that, that you have everything you need? Like, why, why are we missing out on one of the most important things in God's eyes? Arrogance, <laughs> flesh, <laughs> humanity. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, we, yeah. it is, it, Technique is necessary, right? Because right. right. I've, I've sat under teaching where you can tell that there's a lot of potential there and there's even power, mm. but the technique mm -hmm. is, the technique might be boring, yeah. uninteresting, yeah. where you got to fight <laughs> to even receive what they're saying because they haven't yet mastered the, the, the means by which the power is diffused, right? That's right. That's but right. I do think that it is easy to be a good preacher. Mm. It is easy to be a good exegete. It is easy to be, you don't necessarily have to depend on God to be talented because wow. that's a common grace. Yeah, that's right? good, that's good. But to die to yourself 
and believe what you're saying is true and apply it to your own life mm. that takes the spirit's power yeah that takes crucifixion That's that right. takes gouging out your eye and cutting off your hand yeah. and there is something really interesting to me when i listen to people talk you can hear if you listen very closely mm. you can hear people who know the word but live it. it there's a particular wisdom mm. i can't explain it it's yeah. like a tangible like oh i think you be with the lord yeah like right. like the what you're giving me is something you had to go through for you to give that to me that's right versus somebody who just went to greek and hebrew and systematic theology and anthropology and soteriology and exercise it's like oh that's cool that's cute that's amazing but right. do you believe it i yeah. don't know yeah yeah so I, I i think to answer your question it is easy to be talented it is hard to be godly. That's good. So as I'm hearing you speak and, you know, even conversations I've had with friends, it's, you know, I, I think of the different rebuttals that people can give. And one of those could be, well, what about the gospel? You know, we're, we're forgiven, we're loved, you know, we're saved by grace through faith. Uh, I'm hearing right. works in this. I'm hearing that I've got to you know, in order to be effective and, 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 and teach with wisdom and sensitivity, you're, you're telling me I got to, I got to, you know, gouge out my eye and I got to cut out my leg, you know, like what, where's the gospel in all of this? Like what, what, how do you hold that tension between, you know, the, the free grace that we've received and, and resting in that, but also I, yeah. I'm, I'm convicted that, you know, we're not saved by works, but we're saved for works. And there, there is, yeah. Yeah. So how do you, as a young communicator, as a teacher, preacher, how do you advise those up and coming who, who, who have a hard time understanding the difference? Well, that's application of the gospel, yeah. right? So yeah. the good news is that God created us for himself because we're an Adam. We broke his law and continue to just sin against him, making idols out of creatures. Yeah. And God in his kindness sent his son in the flesh to die for our sins, reconciling us to the father yeah. um, and then promising the Holy Spirit to all who repent and believe in his name and being filled with the Holy Spirit. We are then able to live and do good works, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But also in Philippians, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for, yes, it is God who works in you to will and work for his good pleasure. Yeah. But it's it's also as he's doing that, you work with him. Yeah. And so yeah. we participate in sanctification. Yeah. And, and so you can't, it, I think people that make that excuse, it's something off. Yeah, yeah. It's something off there. Yeah. Because it's like, so what What do you think the means of grace are? Like, so you don't want to read your Bible? You don't want to grow in godliness? You don't want to be sanctified? You don't want to renew your mind? Like, even even, even bodily training, right? Mm. Like, if you want a better looking body, you have to go to the gym. You have to do something. That's right. If I want to have a better mind, I have to get in the word so it can renew my mind. There's activity involved. Yes. And that activity doesn't make me right with God. I'm already right with That's God. Good. That activity makes me more like God. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. So if I want to be like him, I should I should be willing to work for it. That's right. That's right. That's good. That's no? a word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It just I seems really plain to me. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. <laughs> common sense yeah. isn't always so common. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. I, I, I do I do think we want to be careful to not be legalistic. And stuff like that because you do have churches like i was I, I went to a church where 
the works were emphasized independent of grace mm. so much that you really did start to believe that your works were sufficient mm. um, instead of as an expression of your love for God. So yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why you got to manage that tension. But you're right. I, I think that there's so much that God offers us and there's so much that the gospel gives us. And as we work out our salvation, fear and troubling, we, we see God in ways that I think we wouldn't if we didn't work it yeah. out. Um, what, yeah. one, of my, one of my favorite parables is found in Matthew 25. You know, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to wait for him. And he gives three different parables teaching him how to wait. And in one of those parables, he talks about the, the you know, how to use your talents, your gifts, you know, the parable of talents. And, mm -hmm. You know, to one he gave five, the other he gave two, the other he gave one. And, you know, the one with five came back with five more. The one with two came back with two more. And you mm -hmm. know, the one mm -hmm. hid his gift and dug, you know, dug a hole in the, in the you know, on the mm -hmm. ground. And I ain't do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated by Jesus's response with the, the one who brought back five more and two more. Um, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that stood out to me is because he doesn't say, well done, good and fruitful servant. Um, mm -hmm. they, they were fruitful, of course, but it, it, it almost seems like the master didn't commend them for, you know, how much they brought back. He commended them for, you know, trusting him with what, you know, trusting him with what they gave, what, what, what he gave them and doing something with it. Yeah. And I think today yeah. in American Christianity, in the American church, there's this temptation to perform and to be fruitful. And, you know, I feel this as a church planter. You're like, OK, mm -hmm. let, let's let's get 100 members in six months and then let's go to mm -hmm. 150 and, you know, let's maximize and grow and grow and be fruitful and, you know, I've just learned over the years, you can be fruitful and not faithful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a word. I've seen that. And, and I've also seen that, you know, not everyone who's faithful is going to see immediate fruit or maybe even fruit in their lifetime. Maybe it's a generational, you know, maybe their kids or their grandkids will see that fruit kind of like Abraham. You know, he didn't really see mm. the promise, you know, but he was faithful to what mm. God called him to. And I wanted to hear your take on this because in a day and age where content creators are trying to get as many subscribers and likes as possible and preachers are trying to fill their churches, yeah. um, I think we've lost the art and the call of faithfulness. And I, I wonder what happened and how do we get back? That's great. That was a mouthful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think, I, think, I, I think some of it might be the cultural moment, you know, like our cultural moment. Um, lifts up and exalts ambition mm. you know like look at that person they started this nonprofit. look at this person they planted a church and have 500 members in two weeks look at this person she has a you know she has four kids and her stomach is flat and she <laughs> has a like online merch so like we yeah. we value hard work yeah. and the like we we value that and i don't think that's wrong i think mm. the lord the Lord created work, right? Yeah, that's right. But I think underneath some of this stuff is that, how do I say it? Because I struggle with this. Mm. I, th I think we don't believe that God loves us. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. I think that's the underlying thing some 
sometimes. And so we work to get approval. We work to be valued. We work to be appreciated. We work to, we work to receive dignity. Like, Mm. but underneath that, it's like, do you believe that if you did nothing, you were still loved? Mm. You're still seen. You're still somebody. Right. And I I just, I, I, I just wonder if that's a big part of it is and not even that i've been i was reading this book called um you're only human and it's about uh, it's just kind of this conversation around human finitude and how he has a chapter where he says god doesn't just love you he likes you Mm. i'm like huh but how much of us are working so that we can feel liked by people because we don't believe God likes us. We know he loves uh, us, but he, does he like us? Does he like us? Wow. Does he appreciate us? Does he value us? Does he wow. care about us? Or does he just tolerate us because we're in Jesus? That wow. that right there, we got we to gotta deal with that. Yeah, that's good. Well, okay, so you're- Does that make so sense? Much... Does that connect to your question? Yes. Does, does it make sense what I said? Okay. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Cause sometimes you can, you can do, you can, sometimes the lack of faithfulness is you're doing more than God even gave you. Like he hasn't even told you to do half of that, <laughs> but you're doing it because you want to look at me. Like I'm yeah. doing everything again. It's like, he ain't, he ain't told. He just said, love your children. Yeah. He just said, go to church. Yeah. He just said, love your neighbor. Yeah. He just said, turn the other cheek. Very simple things. You don't have to be climbing on the mountain to be loved. Right. That's so good. That's so good. I, man. Okay. So as you're talking, where my mind goes is John the Baptist baptizing mm-hmm. Jesus um, before his ministry starts off. And mm. when he's baptized, you know, the, the skies open up and, and the father speaks and he says, this is my son who I loved yeah. and I'm well pleased with. And I, yeah. I, I love that because God is affirming his son. He's displaying mm-hmm. great love for his son. And Jesus hasn't even, you know, turned water into wine yet. You know, Jesus hasn't raised the dead yet. He hasn't, you know, fed the, the multitude. He hasn't turned, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't done any of the miracles. And, 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 I, and I rest in that because I think sometimes to your point, we don't know that we're liked by God. We don't know that we're loved by God. We don't know how much he is into us. And so we're mm. looking to ministry to prove our worth. We're looking to yes. our success to prove our worth. And, 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 and I think that that kind of deters us from what God ultimately has called us to is to rest in him, to rest yeah. in his love for us. And out of that yeah. love and serve him. And so, no, that's powerful. That's good. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, a it's, it's not a good, like, how do I say it? Mm-hmm. When work becomes the source of your identity and your value and your worth, it's a really bad master to have. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially in ministry. Yeah. Because I think that's where some of the abuses or even some of the people that are tired, like I think some burnt out, some, some people are burnt out because they've been idolizing this. They mm-hmm. haven't been working from a place of like, like sonship. Yeah. Like I am already loved. I yes. am already made righteous because of what Christ Jesus. I am already seen. I am already valued. So from that place, I pour out yeah. my ministry versus yeah. no, I need to be valued. I need yeah. to be loved. And I get that from human beings. Yeah, yeah you tired then because you, <laughs> you put a yoke on your neck. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that Jesus did not give you. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be tired too. My God. <laughs> People are terrible. That's like they're right. not. They're not going to be able to give you what you need. Mm, that's real. That's anyway. Real. Yeah, I love that. I love that. You know, I, today on Instagram, you you just dropped like a whole word and then some um, about. <laughs> prophecy and you know looking to the book and and knowing his word as as we're even having this conversation I'm like man I think a lot of these problems could be resolved if if we knew God's heart if we knew his word if we understood um God's desire for us and why he's created us and made us um do you do you see um because I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you know what I think about the American church I don't know if you see it the same way and if you do I would love to hear yeah. your take on it um, but I really do think that today we struggle with biblical illiteracy. Um, yes. we, we struggle with, you know, we don't have discipleship in the church. Um, and that is taking a toll on us in, in major ways. And we're being misled yeah. and we're being, um, deceived into all, all types of foolishness. And so, uh, I, I if, if you do see it that way, I wanted to ask, why do you think that, the word of God is not as valued as it should be. What is it time spent on Instagram, Netflix? Is it laziness? Is it, you know, the evil one distracting us? Like, why don't we see a heart or a burden to actually get in the word and to know it? Cause we're in the last days. Mm -hmm. I, I think this is a part of what Paul means that in the last days, yeah. men will be lovers mm. of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So we put a lot, like, we got diligence. We we are diligent to make sure that our faces look nice, that our gums are nice and pink, yeah, that, yeah. you know, we, we over here hunting down Ozempic so that our stomachs <laughs> are flat. Like we got, we got the diligence. Yeah. We just, we put that diligence towards serving ourselves. Mm. And what Paul goes on to say is, you know, men will be lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, arrogant, da 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 da, -da having. Yeah a form of godliness yeah sometimes we think in the last days men will be lovers of themselves that's just talking about the world but it's saying that no these this expression will exist in people who have a form of godliness but deny its power mm. and so we we we, we want a convenient kind of christianity where i go to church yeah. i pay the tithes i do all the things while at the same time loving myself more than i love the lord and so mm. i think that's what's happening yeah. is that the bible illiteracy and the deception and the false prophecy and the greed and the purpose-driven life repackaged as preaching all of that is last day that's last day energy yeah and so i think i was praying about it this week mm. and i was like what are some of the three problems mm. and i said that i, I wrote down bible illiteracy mm. a, a form of godliness mm. and um a undeveloped wisdom and so yeah. one thing you also see is a form of a form of discernment, which is I'm gonna call out everybody, right? <laughs> but the people calling out everybody aren't actually instructing anybody. 
And so that's wow. not that's not a comprehensive wisdom for me to just see what's wrong. Yeah. Right. And good. Jude, Jude, he instructs them to have a view of they will look like this. Yes. They will look like this. And this is also what you do. As for you, yeah. abide in God's love. Right. Yeah. And so there's a comprehensive where I'm able to discern what's wrong, yeah. but I'm also able to build myself up in my most holy faith so I don't become what's wrong. Mm. And so I think all three of those things means that people who are gifted to teach and preach or to disciple or lead or just authentic Christians, yeah. we have to be contending for the faith in such a way yeah. that we push back against the biblical illiteracy, yes. that we instruct people and help them to learn wisdom, yes. but we also help people to love God more than anything. Because if you love God more than anything, you're not going to be biblically illiterate because mm -hmm. you want to know him. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. my take. I love that. Okay, my my uh, <laughs> my insides are jumping for joy right now. So, <laughs> I, uh, no, I I've, I've been stirred up all week. I promise I have. She's ready. Yes. I love yeah. it. I that rem Okay, I'm going to go two passages, and I'd love to hear your take on this. You know, in in Revelation two, you know, you know, Jesus writes a letter to the seven churches, and one of the churches he writes to is the church of Ephesus. And to the church of Ephesus, he's saying, you know, I know your good deeds. You work hard. You work to the point of exhaustion mentally, physically. You know how to persevere. You hate wickedness. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, um, you know, you're able to identify false teachers. You endure for his mm -hmm. name's sake, all of these things. He said, but I have this thing against you. You know, you have forsaken your first love. Wow. You, you, can, you can do church and I mean, the Church of Ephesus is known for changing the socioeconomic status of the city. Uh, They're uh -huh. known to plant all the churches in Asia Minor. I mean, I love the Church of Ephesus. They have, you know, Mary attends that church. John and mm. Timothy are pastors. Paul, Apollos. Come on, church and, history. Yeah, they, you know, they're all in this church, you know, but... They, they lost the very thing that the Lord wanted to begin with. Mm. It's, it's love. Mm. And John chapter 21, when Jesus calls Peter into ministry, you know, he doesn't ask Peter, you know, do you have a seminary degree? I think seminary degrees yeah. are good and needed. He yeah. doesn't ask yeah. Peter, are you charismatic? You know, being charismatic is good. He doesn't ask Peter, are you yeah. gifted? I think it's necessary to be gifted. Jesus asks Peter one question in John chapter 21. He says, do you love me? And he asks him that three mm. times. Mm. And so I, I just see a theme in the scripture that the Lord desires for us mm. to rest, to know his love, and then to love on him. And from that place, yeah. to be diligent, yeah. to, to be gifted, to work hard and all of those things. And yeah. so um, it's really easy to to show that you're gifted it's really easy to show your excellence i don't i think we could fool people into thinking we love god and so yeah. i wanted to ask you why is it necessary as you, i mean as you're talking i'm hearing you out why is it necessary to get back to the basics do what what's most important most essential and it's to be yeah. in relationship with them to be loved and to love yeah this is where the doctrine of god is helpful mm. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yeah. It means our whole life should be in reference to him. Yeah, yeah. Like we are not independent as much as we want to lie to ourselves and think that we are. Yeah. We are we are dependent. It's 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 in him yeah. that we live and move and have our being. But not only that, Romans one talks about how at the bottom of idolatry is that we're not thankful. 
Mm. We got gifts. Mm. We got joy. We got smiles. We got rain. We got sun. We got snow. The season still it exists. Like 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 he ain't he ain't he ain't judged us mm. yet. Yeah. Like he sent his son so we can live right. And so yeah. it's loving God is what we owe him. Mm. And and not like we owe, like not even like we can give him enough love to actually meet the standard. We can't. Hence another reason why we should love him. Yes. (laughs) Because he's, he, he's so, he's been so generous. And so I think the least we can do is say, Mm. thank you. And a part of saying thank you is loving him, worshiping him, laying our life down as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And even the good news in that is, God is also saying in the scriptures, like, if you don't love them, mm. that's kind of what repentance and confession is. Mm. You know, I don't love you. Mm. I don't honor you above all things. I don't esteem you. But you know what? Like, it seems like like that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you've commanded. That's what, the, and that you'll judge people that don't give you that. Yeah. And so please help me love you. Yeah. That's another That's another part of his generosity mm. is that he will help you love him. Mm. My God, like that's you good. can't even give him what he's owed without his help. Wow. Wow. And so I think that's good news for yes. people listening who are either outside of Christ or in Christ. We're yeah. all going to struggle to love God because because of Adam's sin in our bodies. Yeah. But he's made every provision for us to be mm. able to give it to him. Mm. And even when it's imperfect, because of Christ Jesus, he perfects it. Wow. That's a word. That's good news. That's great news. <laughs> <laughs> that's the gospel. That's amazing news. My goodness. Oh, man, so, I love that. Good. You know, you know, I uh, something I appreciate you about you, Jackie, is you're able to you don't just exegete the text. You know how to exegete the culture. Uh, You know Mm -hmm. how to look at, you know, our context, the world we live in and then speak to it. Right. And you spoke on this earlier. The Lord has just granted you a boldness to call things out. And uh, Mm. I've you know, I've benefited a great deal from hearing some of the things that the Lord has revealed to you. But something I've observed as I've watched you from social media and read your content and things like that, listen to your podcast, um, though you have grievances with our cultural context, that you have grievances with where the church is, you're still hopeful and you still have yeah. faith that the Lord yeah. is not done and the Lord will make all things right and so mm-hmm. I wanted that because and the reason why that's refreshing to me is I see so many people walking away from the faith, walking away from the church, um, or maybe they, they'll they'll stay in the faith. But they just give up or they stop mm. pursuing godliness because they're just so discouraged by all that they see around them. Where does your hope come yeah. from and how do you continue contending for what Jesus says Um is going to happen and believe that it's going to happen. Yeah, man. Let me see something real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's going to sound like a uh, typical, but the scriptures. Yeah, it's good. Because if you look at the culture and if you look at society more than you look at God, you will be cynical. You, you will say, you know, everything is damned and nothing is going right. And this is just a really terrible moment. And I just I just don't see. But when you look at the Bible, the Bible is so 
like the Lord gave us revelation. So we, we knew what's coming, mm. not just what's coming negatively, mm. but what's coming positively, right. which is that God is going to judge all evildoers yes. and he is going to like have his bride yeah. with him yeah. in a new heaven in a new earth and that's where our hope so we bring that hope into today yes which is yes. that god is he's coming back yeah and the work that he started in us he gonna finish yeah. and so if anything he is using us using podcasts yeah. using books using TikTok posts using yeah. local church ministry using the prayers of older saints you he's he's even using our trials and our circumstances to do that work yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so the fact that he's so active still should yeah. tell you he ain't gave up yeah <laughs> why would he yeah. yeah as if he wasn't in control yeah as that's if right. he wasn't sovereign like yeah. we ain't seen like so i think i think ultimately that's where it comes from is the scriptures and having hopeful people around me. Mm. I have to say that mm, mm. because like one of my mentors, Melody Fabian, anytime we get on a call and I'm a little too cynical, she reminds me to be hopeful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like she pushes against mm. that. And so I was telling a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago, she was just talking about how hopeless she felt. And I said, <laughs> she was talking about her algorithm. And how her algorithm keeps putting up all the like false prophets over here and da 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 da. I said your algorithm is trying to make you hopeless. I said yeah. so get off. Go watch Food Network. Right. Go like go do go practice joy. Yeah. And I think that's all a part of it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah as you're talking, I'm reminded of Psalm 73, Asaph, when uh, mm -hmm. you know, he gets discouraged. He looks and he sees the wicked prospering and all yeah. the righteous you know, they keep suffering. And, and it mm -hmm. says at the end of the psalm, until I stepped into the temple, you know, when I, when he stepped in the house, of I the discerned mm -hmm. their end. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We got to have it. We got We got it. We got to know Bible. We really do. Yeah. No, that's, that's real. I, you know, I want, yeah. I wanted to ask, switching gears here a little bit. I go. So I, uh, one of the things that I have a grievance with, um, with the church today and, and church culture um, is celebrity culture, celebrity culture within mm -hmm. the church. And I, you know, I, I've shared this with Preston many times. It's something that I've really, man, I've been so blessed by you and Preston in this. Um, you guys push back against that and you guys do what you can to be as normal as possible and approachable, mm. approachable. I've never felt that you guys were out of reach. You know, you guys are kind, yeah. you guys are hospitable, like even open up your home, mm -hmm. all of that good stuff. And I, I wanted to ask you, why do you think today in church culture, you know, we desire fame and, you know, you know why is celebrity culture running rampant in the church? When, when I yeah. think about the first century church, what made them so distinct is because there was no other institution where men and women could come, where Jew and Gentile mm -hmm. can come, rich or poor can mm -hmm. come. Jesus through the mm -hmm. cross had evened out the playing field. And and sometimes mm -hmm. I feel like today in our context, we're, we're not we're, we're trying to create division by giving people status yeah. when when that's not yeah. God's heart. And so how do you feel about that? And, and how have you resisted celebrity culture? I read this book called uh, The Immortality 
Um, it's, I don't remember what it, it was a book written in the 90s about, uh, it's not a Christian book, but a, around the concept of celebrity and fame and why it exists and how it's actually like a new phenomenon that uh, started really when TV started. Because there, that something happened to culture when you could see a person yeah. and have a parasocial relationship with them where you felt like you knew them just yeah. because you know their face, you know their voice, you know their, their demeanor, but you don't actually know them. And so it's, it's something around that. So I think social media has probably just taken it to a whole nother thing, yeah. a whole nother level. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think... I think as long as sin is in the earth, there will be celebrity because there will be favoritism. Mm -hmm. There will be a lifting up of some people and a putting down of other people. You even got Paul dealing with that. And um, I think Corinth, you know, like they're like, oh, I follow Paul and I follow Apollos. And he's like, hey, like, chill out. I'm just, he's just planting. I'm just planting and God over here watering. So I'm gonna need you to give all the glory and energy to him. So I think it's a reality. Um, I think my heart has been how do i steward because i also think god does give influence That's right. and so how do i steward that influence in such a way right. um that god is honored yeah. but also how do i not hold on tightly to it mm. and so i think one way to not hold on tightly to it is to be generous with your influence mm. and so that's why i make it my business to when i had glory conference to share my platform with people that no one knew but was just as gifted and just as knowledgeable and just as necessary. Mm. Um, I think another way is to retreat as often as possible. And so in Luke, uh, I don't know what chapter, in Luke it says with Jesus, it says, as the report of him grew more and more, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Mm. I think that's interesting that they said, no, the more famous he got, the more he would go away into hiding. And I think, so I think as, influencers you have to have sabbaths away from your phone away from posting away from giving into this feeling of no i gotta post i gotta you know i gotta post content Uh uh-uh no (laughs) trust god you know what i'm saying like if if you lose ten thousand followers so what you know god um Mm. i also have been curious of how to motivate people back into their local churches Yeah, because I kind of think that's our responsibility Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to need you to honor a pastor or a leader that you actually have access to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've been wondering how me and Preston can do better at that. Like, but also a lot of these people, pastors are trash. So I'm also conflicted. It's like, I don't want you to see my word higher than your local church pastor, but your local church pastor might actually be bad. So I don't know. Yeah. Can I I tell a story about that, actually? Please. So, uh, so, yeah, Preston and I, we did a few live podcast shows, and then we ended it off in Atlanta. And Mm -hmm. I had shared with Preston, you know, I think I want to check out, I won't say the name of the church, a a particular church. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't do that. Come to where we're at, you know? And I was like, okay. I'll do that. And, you know, I I went to your guys' church and I will say, Jackie, like, I'm not going to put nobody on blast. The message was great. But I I remember I I remember thinking, like, I would have rather heard Jackie preach today. Uh, But to to see you and Preston and your kids, your whole family Mm -hmm just submitted to the teaching of someone else and to be in the local context. Like, I think you're already doing it by modeling it, you know? 
um, mm, by being it. being like I, I didn't know I need to see I needed to see that, you know, but just being in church with you guys and seeing you worship together as a family um, mm. was, was beautiful. And I, and I get the, the, the conflict. What what do you think is the solution? Because one thing I do want to do is, you know, we want to encourage people to be planted in the local church, but we also want to encourage pastors and teachers to be faithful. Um, yeah. you, don't, you don't gotta be as charismatic or you gotta, you don't be super charismatic, yeah. but you know, I do think that we have to be faithful and that's something that me and my preaching team hold one another accountable to like, Hey, we don't want to waste anybody's time. People are driving 20, yeah. 30 minutes to get here. Is it going to be worth it? And I don't know if that's even the right way to look at it, but we do yeah. little things to grow in our gift and to be as faithful as mm-hmm. we can because we know mm-hmm. eternity is at stake. And so what mm-hmm. would be your encouragement to pastors and young leaders who want to, who are more tempted to entertain than to be faithful? Ooh-wee. Bro, read Second Timothy, First and Second Timothy. <laughs> uh, you yeah. can tell I've been yeah. chewing on that, th- those books. But yeah. God loves you. Mm. He really does. Yeah. And he cares for you and he, yeah. and he sees you. Yeah. And so when you entertain people, instead of edifying, instructing, guarding, shepherding, leading in a holy way, you grieve God's heart. Yeah. yeah. Or, or really, because that's selfish. Yeah. yeah. It, you, you become like the shepherds in Ezekiel who are just feeding themselves yeah. instead of feeding the flock. Yeah. And so I think confess it if that's a temptation i think it's a temptation for all of us it's a temptation mm-hmm. for me yeah. you know what i'm saying but i think god is is safe enough to hear that because he already knows it yeah. but he also can grace us and sanctify our motives mm. so that in the teaching in the preaching in the leadership it really becomes an act of worship yeah. and therefore service yeah. um that's good. And so i think that's what i think that's what faithfulness has to fall back on like how do i say it like for example i was talking to Preston he was asking me advice for someone whose wife is moving in a particular way that's not healthy. Mm. And I was like, I think the wife has to see that how she interacts with her husband is an extension of her relationship with God. If she sees them as separate, Mm -hmm. then it's easier for her to do. So in the same way, if I really don't see that my self-serving techniques Mm. are an extension of my worship, or lack thereof, yeah. then it's easier to do it. Yeah. But if I if I have a reverence for God, then I enter that pulpit and I enter this these Bible studies and I enter these small groups with a sobriety. Because mm. um, I think God cares about that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I love that you you brought it back to the greatest commandment. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and then the second, love your neighbor as yourself. The way we love yeah. God is by loving others. You know, and yes, and so no, that's good. I, you know, I could sit here and talk to you uh, for hours. <laughs> I, I actually just in full transparency, I really struggled preparing for this interview because I was like, there's so much I want to talk to Jackie about. We could talk about relationships. We could talk about her devotional yeah. that came out. We could talk. There's so much uh, t- the art of teaching, yeah. all of that, um, you know, but I, I do want to ask one more question if that's OK with you. Nope. No problem. I got a babysitter. <laughs> OK, Awesome. Um, we good. That's good. It's good to know. Good to know. Um, what What do you think is the catal- What What's the catalyst for change? What do we need 
today. I know we talked oh. about several things. Um, maybe this is too big of a question, but as you're praying and pursuing the Lord's heart, as you're thinking about ways you can be part of the solution, um, what what has the Lord been making clear to you and what have you been convicted about as far as what needs to happen in order for things to start to shift and change? I'm going to read something to you because I think this answers the question perfectly. Mm. That's funny. Can't find it. Um, <laughs> I'm reading this. Uh... Oh, there it is. Okay. This is, uh, what's the name? Francis Schaefer. Mm. He says, the church in our generation needs reformation, revival, and constructive revolution. Mm. At times, men think of the two words, reformation and revival, as standing in contrast one to the other, but this is a mistake. Both words are related to the word restore. Mm. Reformation refers to a restoration to pure doctrine. Revival refers to a restoration in the Christian's life. Reformation speaks of a return to the teachings of scripture. Revival speaks of a life brought into its proper relationship to the Holy Spirit. The great moments of church history have come when these two restorations have simultaneously come into action. Mm. I think that's what he's, I think that's what we need mm. is we need reformation. We need a return to the basics. Yes. Love the Lord, your God with yeah. all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Basics. The, the, all of the law and prophets hinge on these two things, basic, yes. but we also need a revival where we love we we're not just returning to the truth but we are living and embodying mm. this truth out of love for god mm. and the world and so mm. i i i really do think it's that simple yeah yeah i really do yeah so. i i agree i i agree and, and that's you know paul sums that up when he tells timothy watch your life and your doctrine you know there's this you know make sure that you're you're protecting you know, the, 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 the word that I've entrusted you with, even when, when he tells Timothy the kind of pastors and leaders he should look for, look for people that yeah. are worthy to be entrusted with this gospel, right? Um, yeah. And then also watch your life. You know, the way you live matters. And so I couldn't yeah. agree with you anymore. Couldn't agree with you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how I plan to do that, I'm still, I have a hunch. Yeah. One of the really quick applications is that I'm just going to be honest more often. Mm. I, I can, I can, I can be a bit, I'm bold, but I'm also timid. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I see things all day. <laughs> I see the stuff, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I ain't finna touch it. But now it's starting. I was having a conversation with a friend this week yeah. and he was like, I feel like the people that God has equipped with influence and to teach and to lead we have to be, we have to say things more often. Yeah. I feel responsible at this point. Yeah. And so now it's like, oh, okay, y'all want to, y'all want to get on these apps and lie. Cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna talk about it in a yeah. way that's not quarrelsome, but gentle. So as to lead them to repentance. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay. I lied. I have one more question. I got one more question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you good. So, you know, it's funny that you say that, you know, you could be bold and timid because what we see from you is your boldness. You know, whether you're talking about the Instagram, Beyonce, all of that, 
And uh, I, I just know there is a huge cost to speaking the truth and being bold about the truth. Um, I even see it with, you know, my timeline, you know, you'll make a post and then I've got, you know, people are split on what you say and people are debating and going back and forth. And mm -hmm. I just know how hard it is to share the truth and the things that God has entrusted you with. And so my, my actual last question is how can we be praying for you so that you can mm -hmm. actually do what God has called you to do? That's good. Um, Yeah, that I would stay near to the Lord mm. uh, and not get distracted by anything, including ministry. Mm. Um, I've been processing the idea of suffering in Second Timothy mm. and how Paul's suffering was, a, was, was different. It was like he was going to jail, yeah. you know, he up in Athens or wherever he was, Ephesus, they over here beating him up and stuff like that. And I'm like, Lord, that's not really the kind of suffering that we have to endure yeah. in this day and age for yeah. preaching truth. Yeah. I do think that the suffering, this is going to lead to the prayer. Yeah. I do think one unique experience of suffering is opposition locally. Mm. So opposition, even in the spiritual realm, like yeah. I, I have not even ever touched on how much demonic stuff mm -hmm. happened in my house when I talked about Beyonce. Mm. My children seeing demons, mm. demons sitting on the side of my bed, right? Yeah, like yeah. all types of mess, yeah, right? Like yeah. witchcraft on yeah, our family. Yeah. Like those, those types of things make you not want to tell the truth mm. because it even costs you something in the spirit realm. Mm. <laughs> like you yeah. attacking my kids, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think just praying for endurance just the endurance to keep telling the truth for as yeah. long as I live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we will be praying. I will be praying for that, no doubt. And yeah. I just, you know, I always say to my team, encouragement is supernatural. So I wanted to encourage you. Uh, thank you mm -hmm. for honoring the cost of telling the truth and, you know, doing what you can to share with others what the Lord has entrusted you with. Um, I have yeah. benefited a great deal. You know, we, I've used your resources to shepherd and disciple. Um, it's helped me in my own spiritual formation. And so um, I don't know if you always see your fruit or see, um, yeah, just all the fruit that comes with your obedience, but just know you are making a difference and your yes matters mm -hmm. and I'm better for it. So thank you for mm -hmm. your yes, your ministry. And even thank you for taking your time to come on this podcast. Um, this, yeah, this conversation blessed me a great deal. You. Yeah, you've always been a cool, cool guy, Ebenezer. <laughs> uh, it will, it will always, it will always be a yes uh, from the Perry's. Obviously, Preston traveling all over the country with you, yeah, on the couches. So <laughs> for sure, yeah, no, we we really we 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 respect your ministry a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. well to those who are tuning in I hope this blessed you and encouraged you as much as it blessed and encouraged me um, until next time family uh, peace and grace <laughs>